0: Uh, So, okay, you had sort of a a hobby that turned into a passion, that turned into a bit of a business. Side hustle, full-time job. Okay, yeah, yeah. So, flowers from the thicket, right? So, she is a farmer, essentially. Okay, so Carolyn, the farmer. Now, you said something to me earlier today. What is the most important thing for growing a good harvest, whether it's flowers or whatever? It's all about the soil. It's all all about the soil. If you don't have good soil, you can't produce anything that's worth it. Okay, so that's it. All right, remember that. Thank you, Carolyn. That's all I asked. I could have kept going, but, you know, I was nice, mostly. (laughs) Uh, But thank you so much. And, you know, we think about this whole thing of soil, and we think of raising a crop. We think of bearing fruit, these things that are... You know expressions like bearing fruit, this is a biblical principle that we know, but we have to think about what is needed for that, that it is all about the soil. And this uh, passage that we're going to look at today is about, or that we've already read and we'll kind of dig into, is about the soil of our hearts. And one thing that's interesting with these parables of Jesus, you think if, if anybody's a garden person, you don't have to be an expert or a side hustle or whatever in that, you know that if you want to have something grow from a seed, you don't just throw it on the sidewalk, right? You're not just like, that's, it's kind of obvious. And you're probably like, you know what, I don't think that the whole pile of rocks is also the other place I want to be throwing seeds, and maybe you think also maybe not in the thorn bush, right? These are things that Jesus is kind of like, look, I'm trying to show you again, and I've I've shown us this a few times as we've been going through the Gospel of Luke. Like, Jesus is kind of like, this is how absurd it would be if you thought this way, or if you did this, it would be like throwing seed on the sidewalk. No one's doing that, right? That's not what we want, but we want to have good, fertile soil, and the seed is to be planted into the soil, and that is what will lead to bearing fruit. And so let's, let's talk about that a little bit more, the soil of our hearts, And for you to even think about this question right now, what is the soil of your heart? As you've heard this story, as you've thought about the footpath or the rocky soil or the thorn bush or this fertile soil, and and all of these things as we go through them, they represent different obstacles, different opposition to that plant growing, to that plant bearing fruit. And so these obstacles like attack from the devil, or temptation, hardship, persecution, or other things like the pleasures of this world, riches, worry, all of that, all of that stuff are, those are all obstacles in opposition to us living a life that bears fruit. So Lord, what is the soil of my heart like? And then even, what's the soil of the hearts of those that I'm praying for? That you're praying people that would hear the message of the kingdom, the message of God's word, and I pray that the soil of their heart would be ready to to hear that and respond well to that message. And so that's that's our prayer, that's our hope in the midst of all this. And Jesus is, uh, it's cool, like in this passage, he tells this sort of, cryptic story at some level, or you don't understand what it is. But then he goes into the next part and just says, all right, here's what it means. And he says, here's what it means. Here's what the seed is. The seed is, he says, God's word. The seed is God's word. The seed is the message of God's word, the message of the kingdom. And so we We have this word logos, it's the word for word, logos in the Greek. And it's an interesting word because you think of, it is the message of God, it's the message of his kingdom, it's the message of Jesus. But then we also see in John 1.1, it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So the logos is, the Word is Jesus. The, the, the message is Jesus, but also he is the word, and so it's all about him. Jesus is the king, and it's the message of his kingdom. And so as that message of Jesus and his kingdom is preached, we come across four different soils. So let's just talk through each of those a little bit more. The first is the footpath, all right? Now, let's remind ourselves, I just encourage you, open your Bible, if you don't have it already, or your device or whatever, to Luke 8. If you use a device, don't get distracted, because we'll see that distraction is a tool of the enemy that it speaks of here. So your fantasy football team might be, you know, the spiritual attack of the devil. I'm just hoping mine doesn't continue to have the attack of the devil upon its success, but we'll see. All right, so you've got where it's the first part of the story is verse 5, or the first part of it, and then in verse 12 is where he interprets, interprets it. So verse 5, he says, a farmer went out to plant a seed. As he scattered it across his field, some seed fell on a footpath. And then it says, where it was stepped on, and the birds ate it. So that's, that's the bad thing, where it's stepped on, because he just threw it on the path. He threw it on the sidewalk. Stepped on, birds come, eat it. Then we go down to verse 12, and it says, the seeds, this is Jesus' interpretation of his own story. The seeds that fell on the footpath represent those who hear the message only to have the devil come and take it away from their hearts and prevent them from believing and being saved. Okay, so the footpath is where you have the seed. It's just there. It's just on it. It's just on the path, or it says on the road or beside the road, or some other like translations. Now, this is one of those stories, a couple things about it, this is one of those stories that's in Matthew and Mark and Luke, okay? So it's in, like, the few of the Gospels. You have this story being told, so there'll be some, like, little extra, like, bit of flavor from each one. It's just the same story, but with a little bit of, uh, like, additions that some of them might have focused on when they shared it. Now, it's interesting to look at, I think, for each one, we'll look at the preposition used, All right. Now, uh, this is where also you'll get like sometimes different translations will kind of like do that slightly differently, Um, but they all sort of mean the same thing in this way, because some say beside the road or by the road or just on the road, but you have this sense where it's just kind of there, right? It's not planted in the ground, it's just kind of been tossed out there on the road. And so this seed is there, that message, and so because it's just sitting there, it has the opportunity for the devil to come and attack, as it's represented by people stepping on it or the birds eating it. And the devil wants to come and take that away. The message has been given. Now, the, the thing about the soils, each of these soils is like the response, okay? The response to the message, or the person and the soil of their heart ready to respond to that message. Now, you have in this case that the devil wants to come and attack. Now, I think that the devil comes and attacks in this way in a variety of different ways. And this is how, uh, this is one of the main primary things I pray about for our church on Sunday mornings. When I do my little prayer walk around the campus, this is one of the things that I pray about as I, as I pray over you and I pray for this space and everything that will happen here is I pray against what the devil is trying to do here. Because the devil is trying to, as you hear the message of Jesus as king and his kingdom come and coming again, that the devil will try to come and deceive you, to deceive you, to twist what you will hear. The devil wants to also have you doubt, right? The devil, like all these happen to be D words. It hap- it's like, I'm not a big alliteration guy. I'm actually super, like jokingly anti-alliteration, but it helps me for a couple things. <laughs> and so uh, for this, it really, really helps me to remember. Deception, distraction, okay? So distraction, I think, is a way. That could come from tiredness. That could come from, like, uh, all jokes aside, thinking about your fantasy football team or what's gonna happen next today. You're, you're, my, my wife and I have, have, you know, confessedly, we've passed notes in church about where we're gonna go to lunch later that day. Do you wanna go to whatever, you know, and like patlin like the days of bulletins and like pass the bulletin back and forth like that, you know, uh, and so it's like, don't do that, that's bad. <laughs> But we want to be able to like, be focused in on the message of the Lord. So d- he uses distraction. The enemy uses distraction, doubt, division, I think, as well. Against one another. We have differences with one another. And that, that division even can distract from the message. Despair. Destruction in our lives. And demonic oppression. So we pray against these things that the devil might not come and take away or twist the message that we hear from the Lord. And that's not about just like my sermon. That's about the big message of the scriptures, of the story of Jesus as king, and that the one that has come and brought salvation, the one that wants you then to bear fruit with your life, okay? So that's how I think sometimes we can be deceived in that way. And it's kind of like back to Genesis Uh, Three, where you have the serpent coming to, to tempt Adam and Eve. And there's this part where, like, hey, we're not, you know, like, we're not supposed to eat from this tree. And then the devil, the serpent, says, did God really say? Right? That little question, did God really say? And just in the midst of that little question, there's deception. There's sowing seeds of doubt within you. There's distraction from his message, all wrapped up in one little question. The devil is an expert at just really quickly and easily being able to say, did God really say that? And being able to get you away from the core of his message. So that's the footpath, right? The footpath, just beside the road, on the road, and the opposition is attack from the devil. Now, then we get to the rocks, this rocky soil. And uh, let's, let's just like remind ourselves again, okay, of these verses here. And we got verse six, and it says, Other seed fell among rocks. It began to grow, but the plant soon wilted and died for lack of moisture. All right, so it's just among rocks, so it starts to come up, but then it dies for lack of moisture. Now let's look down to verse 13. The seeds on the rocky soil represent those who hear the message, receive it with joy, but since they don't have deep roots, they believe for a while, then they fall away when they face temptations, it says. Now, there's a a lot to sort of kind of unpack and figure out in this passage, but now we've got this this, seed is tossed upon the rocks or among the rocks, upon the rocky soil. And um, now, this, uh, this, remember again, this story's in Matthew and Mark as well. And this one in Luke, he mentions temptation. and the other ones, it mentions like hardship, okay? Persecution, these sort of things are mentioned. Hardship as part of what is the obstacle when it comes to the rocky soil. And so we recognize that. This opposition of persecution, Temptation, just hardship in life, going through hard things in life can take away from responding to the message of the kingdom and having a life that bears fruit. I want us to continue to see that as the focus, as the point, that we want to have lives that bear fruit right, that are purposeful, that are fulfilling, and we want to have lives that, sorry, somebody's making fun of me over there, and you are in big trouble, yeah, <laughs> but they got me, so I usually don't get got by people teasing me, but that one got me, uh, so, um, but uh, that, this is where, this is the persecution that I'm under right now, yeah, um, but this is take away from the message, uh, but, um, This is where we we want to be planted into the soil, not just be thrown upon these rocks. And so when the pressure of hardship, when the pressure of temptation comes on us, we would give up easily, right? Because it's like, ah, this is too hard. This Christian life, to bear fruit in this Christian life is too hard for us. And so we might give up and we would not actually bear fruit in that time. And so we have to all consider, what is, what's the temptation that you've experienced? Temptation to sin? What's the hardship you've experienced? Is your, the soil of your heart ready and prepared to be able to respond well to that, to be able to receive the message? And now this is a, a little bit of a difficult passage in some ways for us, because we hear, oh, they believed and then they fell away. Right, That's where this can get like a little bit confusing for us. Like, do we have an assurance of salvation? So I'll be clear. I do not believe you can lose your salvation. I think that this is not, there's a couple reasons I think that in this passage that I wanna kinda explain relatively briefly without getting too caught up on it, but a couple things about it is that this sense of believing is this initial reception of the message. Like receiving that message and like hearing it and being like, all right, Cool, I think I believe this, or this sense of like cognitive ascent, right? Mental belief. Acts 8 talks about a guy named Simon uh, Magus. This guy was like a sorcerer, okay, which is like, what? You know, but like you've got this actual sorcerer. Now, this person says he believed and he wanted to do stuff like the disciples did because he wanted power, but he believed about Jesus and he believed that this power was real. But he didn't have this, this sense of a, of a trust, a faith in Jesus as God, right? That's not what he had. But he, he believed who he was, and he believed he was real. Even the demons believe and shudder, it says. However, there's this sense of faith. Ephesians 2, 8, right? You've been, you're saved by grace. Grace, free gift, mercy we don't deserve. You're saved by grace, through faith. A lot of times people describe faith as like, I believe that the chair exists, right? That this chair is here. I believe that this, this table exists. But am I willing to lean on it? Or am I willing to actually sit in the chair and have that chair bear my weight? I have faith that the chair will hold me up, right? That's a, a, a common sort of illustration of this. And that's, that's the thing. And, and this ancient like way of thinking about true belief is Belief is not just something you think. Belief is something you think, believe, and then also live out. Okay, it's just, it would, it's like obvious and always is that action comes from that. That's just part of it. It's a much more full expression and full term. And even this thing of fall away this Greek word here—it's like more commonly or more often about a physical departure. It's used like just people like leaving and going, going away. And other parts of the scripture where it's like people that kind of fell away is different than this. Now, the important thing to understand here too is all three of these first three soils are met with Jesus's disapproval. These aren't like—it's not good. He's coming at these. You know, he's coming and coming against these things. He doesn't come against someone with actual saving faith. And so we recognize, and this is hard for us to believe and understand, but that fruit bearing, bearing fruit in your life is a sign and symbol of the salvation that's already happened within you, right? But... It needs to be a sign of it. It's a sign, it's a sign and symbol of what has already happened. But without that, maybe it hasn't actually happened. So it's important for us to understand. Now, the rocky soil, the rocky soil. So this person receives this message. Oh, yeah, I like that. I think I'm, I think I'm in on this. Like, I believe this. Okay, I believe I believe in God. I believe that God is real and, and all that. But like, ooh, a little hardship comes. A little temptation comes. And it's like, uh. Not for me. Not exactly sure how this all plays out. But what we want to understand is that Jesus is trying just to show you something very, very simple. It's absurd to think that a life without fruit is a life that believes that Jesus is God and follows his way. Okay? He wants you to see the absurdity of that. Um, uh, and, And another thing I think within this that I want us to get is that the Christian life is about so much more than who gets in and who doesn't. That's just like the—it's the beginning. It's just the very, very, very beginning. And I think we get really caught up in that because we have existential dread about our eternity. That is good. We should have that, right? Like we should have a sense of what is going to happen for eternity, and so it becomes the most important thing. And it is. But what happens is it becomes the only thing that we recognize. Jesus isn't just always and only talking about salvation. He wants us to have a life that bears fruit. And 100X, 100 times fruits, the other ones say 30X, 60X, 100X, that we'd have that kind of fruit bearing in our lives. That's what he wants. He wants us to live lives that are fulfilling and fruitful and also share the message of the kingdom with others. So the rocks, opposition is temptation, hardship, persecution. Now we get to the thorny soil. The thorny soil, verse 7 and 14. So grab your Bible again. Look at verse 7. Uh, verse 7 says, other seed fell among thorns and grew up with it and choked out the tender plants. Then we go all the way down to 14. And verse 14 says, Jesus' interpretation, the seeds that fell among the thorns represent those who hear the message but all too quickly, the message is crowded out by the cares and riches and pleasures of this life. So crowded out or choked out, like have you ever had a thorn bush grow up, or even sometimes it's like a blackberry bush or some sort of that kind of thorny bramble sort of thing that just takes over, right? It just dominates and takes over an area, and it chokes out the other plants that are in there. They can't, maybe they can't get light. I'm probably saying something like not exactly scientifically right about all this stuff, but I'm going to get this perfectly biblically right, I think, because this is all about how these, these other plants, these thorn plants come in, choke out the fruit, what is good, and what it says the thorns are, the opposition, it's the worry and cares of this world, being worried and cared about the things of our day-to-day life. It says it's also riches, money. Often the Bible speaks of not just money, but the love of money, right? The love of money is the root of all evil. Money in itself, maybe not necessarily, although it gets kind of close, I think. But the love of money, and so this pursuit of riches, also this pursuit of pleasures, just pleasures in this world. And so, how are these things choking out the ability of God's message to be received by you? The soil of your heart to receive the message of the kingdom and then to bear fruit. You're like, oh, okay, that's cool, right? Like, oh, yes, I love this, I love this message. I'm, I'm hearing this message in this kind of this initial desire, but then it's like, oof, I'd rather do that though, you know? Or I'm kind of like worried about how could I, I can't make money in my business if I'm honest in how I do my work. Maybe you might be tempted by or something. And you might be tempted by personal pleasures, sexual temptation, pornography, the pleasures of this world. I think about the story of the rich young ruler, this guy that approaches Jesus, and he's like, yeah, I'm in, let's do this. I believe, I wanna follow you, I'll be one of your guys. And Jesus says, cool, all right, how about you go sell all your possessions, give it to the poor, give the money to the poor, and then come follow me. And the guy's like, ooh, I don't know. (laughs) I think I'm out, he says. Really tragically, he's out, because, the love of money was in him. The message of the kingdom was choked out by his need for money, for pleasures, for riches, right? And so how do certain things come and distract you from that message? As the seed was thrown among the thorns, it is choked out in that response. Um, now, okay, so let's, let's review. That, those are the three bad ones, all right? So we did the sidewalk, we did the footpath, the road, and that the attack of the devil comes in that case. Deception, like doubt, division, all of that, right? Distraction. Then we get to the rocky soil, and that's where temptation and hardship come in to, to, to stop that message. There's not deep roots, it's just like, thrown amongst the rocks that kind of might spring up. You always wonder like, oh, that's crazy. Like on the sidewalk, how is that plant growing up in that crack? That's wild. That's amazing how that happened. But you don't like usually see those sidewalk plants like turn into some awesome apple tree that's like feeding your family. You know, it's just not, that's not the deal, right? Because it eventually is going get, to uh, get stepped on or a bird's going to come and eat it. And so then you've got the thorns that come and choke out with the pleasures, of this world, riches, and the worries that we have about each day. Considering your own life and all of that. And we get to the fourth, the fertile soil. The one good one, it says here. So let's see what Jesus says about the fertile, good soil. <clears throat> Excuse me. Verse eight. Still other seed fell on fertile soil. This seed grew and produced a crop that was a hundred times as much as had been planted. When he said this, he called out, Anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. And then we go all the way down to verse 15. And the seeds that fell on the good soil represent honest, good-hearted people who hear God's word, cling to it, and patiently produce a huge harvest. All right, so this is the good soil. This is what we want to long to be. This is what we pray to be. This is what we ask the Spirit of God to make us to be, to help us to live this kind of life, to be these kind of people who hear the message of Jesus and his kingdom. And we bear fruit now because we receive it with that good and honest heart and we cling tightly to it. And then we're patient. And as we patiently persevere and live out this life of following Jesus, we will bear fruit. So again, the point of the Christian life is not just and only to get saved and go to heaven. The point of the Christian life is to bear fruit for God's kingdom while we are living on this earth. We'll bear fruit for his kingdom. We'll help others to know about Jesus. We will live a life that honors and glorifies him in all we do. Not just being free from the struggles and sins and temptations that we have, but also doing good and bringing God's good into this world. That's what we want. And the beauty of the the seed that goes to the fertile soil is it goes into the heart, into the heart of the person receiving it. So that's where we want that to be inside. We want the message of God to go inside of our hearts. That we're hearing that fully, and it is, it is digging down and getting deep roots, and then it's getting nourishment and water and everything that that seed needs then to grow up and to bear fruit for his kingdom." Hebrews 4:12 speaks to this a little bit, it says, "For the word of God is alive and powerful." I think what's cool about that is that's true of both the word of God as the Bible, right? As the message of God that we read. It's also true of the word of God as Jesus himself. The word of God is alive and powerful, right? Alive and powerful. It's sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. It exposes the cares of this world the riches, the pleasures, the temptations, the hardships, all of that gets exposed by the voice of God in our life through prayer, through listening to him, through reading his word, and through just knowing who Jesus is and being in awe of him. And that is how the the seed of the message of God's word, it goes all the way deep inside of us. And there's a few things that we like see about the fertile soil in this passage that just, okay, if this is, This is who we want to be, right? We want to be fertile soil. We hope for the people that we are interacting with that God would give them this kind of soil of their heart, right? Now, we recognize that first it says that they hear the word with a good and honest heart. Wow, okay. So this is where we get like, oh boy, okay, how do I actually do this? Or how does this actually happen? And now this is where... We, we join in with David in his prayer, create in me a clean heart, O God. We ask God to renew our hearts. It says that God gives us a heart of flesh rather than a heart of stone. This is God-given, saved by grace through faith. So the grace of God gives us a new heart. As we have faith in God, I think, we're kind of expressing this, this honestness, right? We're trusting in him, we're coming to him with with honesty and vulnerability and being real with him. Lord, here's who I am. I mean, that's what we see in David as well. Like, Here's all the disgusting parts of me, all my anger, all my doubts, all my rage, everything that I have in me, God, here is my heart. So God, make the parts of my heart that aren't good, good. You're the one that does it by your grace. But then, Lord, I want to be honest with you, to be real with you. I think a fake heart is obviously not that kind of soil. It's not fertile soil. A fake heart is the kind of heart that's just like being taken away by the devil. The the fake heart is the heart that's getting choked out by the other stuff of this world. So be real, be honest with God, but know that ultimately it's God that is the one that will change your heart. Now the next thing it says, they hold fast to the word. They cling tightly to the message. So we cling tightly to his words. And we hold on to that as if it's, it's our lifeline, right? We hold on to that, like, God, you're the only one that can save me, and you're the only one that can make me fruitful. We hold tight to him. And then the third thing that says is that if they bear fruit with this patient perseverance, it's a trust, patience, knowing that God works over the course of our lives, not the course of the next few minutes, Right? that God sometimes works even beyond our lives, and we bear fruit beyond the life that we have lived, the way that we have planted seeds that are then turning into fruit later. And so we have to have a sense of patience and perseverance that it is God that is going to be working all of that out over time. And so we trust. We trust in Him. We are faithful. The farmer, right, the farmer's job is to create some good soil, plant the seed, And there is this insane miracle of a seed growing up to become a plant. That's an insane miracle. And that is exactly the same insane miracle that is our lives, right? Our fruit-bearing lives that we trust in the Lord, and then he does that incredible, incredible work. Uh, One more passage I want to read to you as we just kind of get closer to considering how do we respond to this message? This is Hosea 10:12. Hosea 10 by the way, when you read that whole thing in light of everything happened today it's wild, okay? Wild prophecy. Now, that's just a little extra for later. But don't get distracted. So, Hosea 10:12 says, "Plant the good seeds of righteousness, and you will harvest a crop of love. Plow up the hard ground of your hearts." For now is the time to seek the Lord, that he may come and shower righteousness upon you." We have this unplowed ground of our hearts. It needs to be tilled up. The shovel needs to go into the ground and turn that soil over again and again and again. So that's what we need. We need to have that plowed, good soil of our heart. Again, all this stuff's a little like this, like what do we do and what does God do? We trust, we pursue, we open ourselves up to him, I think. We say, Lord, here I am. Here I am, God. Will you please break up that unplowed ground of my heart? Will you please turn that over? And as we attempt to be honest with him to the best of our ability, as we pray and ask him, Lord, work in the the temptations of my life, the persecution I endure, the hardships of my life, the way I know that my heart longs for riches and pleasures. And I'm really worried about how I'm gonna get through tomorrow or the next day. God, I I have all this going on. I need you to help me in this. Plow that, that unplowed ground, turn that up. And allow me to have good seeds of righteousness and a crop of love. And then God showers you. It's God that showers you with righteousness. So consider your life. Consider the people in your life. Each one, reach one, right? That each one of us in this next season would reach one with the message of the kingdom, the message of the gospel. And that we would be able to see them be changed and bear fruit for him. And so what are the obstacles coming in the way of that for you today? How do these obstacles prevent you from bearing fruit for God's kingdom? As you look through a list like this, what do you, you think is like the thing that's kinda the thing for you, you know, the struggle? Is it you, you recognize the attack of the enemy? You recognize that he's coming and distracting you and deceiving you? sowing seeds of doubt in you or despair. You just feel like giving up. It talks about persevering, right? Patient perseverance. Like, you just want to give up is the opposite of that. Maybe it's temptation to sin. Maybe it's that persecution. You're just experiencing really hard times that I'm just like, I can't think about God's stuff because I'm trying to pay my bills tomorrow and I'm really struggling. You know, I'm just hoping that the diagnosis doesn't come out the way that we think it's gonna. There's some hardship in life that's real. Real, 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 real. And we need prayer in the midst of that. That we would be people who are trusting in God and bearing fruit for his kingdom in the midst of it. The worries that we have of this life, the cares of this world, the pleasures of riches and money and all of that. What's going on in your heart? What's robbing you of being a person who is receptive to the message of the kingdom, and then bearing fruit for his kingdom. That's the kind of life we want to live, and there's a bunch of stuff holding us back from it. What's, what's holding you back from that? This really is a description of a life as well in this. It's not like our life's constantly kind of like, oh, well, today I'm in like rocky soil day, or today I'm in like this kind of soil day, as much as this, this how will your life be described? At the end of your days on this earth, How will your life be described of your receptivity to the message of the kingdom? And so what I wanna do is just today then as we approach this in response and worship, just to have us have some time of prayer. I'm gonna ask uh, in a moment as we begin to, to have some worship and singing, ask leaders in this room, prayer counselors, prayer leaders, elders, pastors, whoever, others that can come to the prayer points, the side, And just, I would love for you to come forward for prayer for one of these kind of things. Here's the deal. We all have like struggles with this stuff, okay? We all have in some way that the enemy is trying to attack us with any of this stuff. I think these are all at some level attacks of the enemy. And so we want to pray that God would give us the strength. God is the one that makes us have the right kind of soil. God's power and grace. And so we need to like receive prayer for that. And so I just ask you if you want to come forward and pray with someone during these next few songs, just a little bit more of an extended time here. You have time to be able to come forward for prayer. You have time if you just want to be on your knees and pray to the Lord and ask him for the power through that. But let's, let's say, God, I, I want to be good soil, Lord. But I don't, I don't like just do that by being like, a better rule follower. I do that by the power of the Holy Spirit working in my life. And so come forward for prayer for that. Let's pray, and then let's respond. Lord, I pray that you would just really be working in each one of our hearts. Lord, whether we feel like we are the rocky soil, the footpath, the thorn bush, whatever, God, I pray that the obstacles that come against us, Lord, that you could minister to us in the midst of this, that we would be people that bear fruit. We wanna bear fruit for you, Lord. We wanna live lives that are purposeful and significant and fulfilling, God. And so I pray that, the things that are holding each person back in here, in the name of Jesus, may you remove these obstacles from my brothers and sisters. But may they be honest with you about the state of their heart and receive your healing and grace and power, God. I pray that in Jesus' name, amen. Let's all let's stand as we worship, come forward for prayer, come forward in kneeling and receive prayer for this. You can sit at your seat if you want to, if that helps to just pray there, to kneel there. But let's, as we worship, let's sing and let's come forward in response to him.